Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Can. Uh, I'm your host, William Liu. The Raptors have solved their center position. That was the biggest question of their offseason um and they have some solutions there i now it, it's not sexy it's definitely not necessarily sexy but uh they have solved it and the the way it has been solved is they have opted to let Serge Ibaka and Marcusal both of them walk to uh the LA franchise the Serge we already touched on it last night if you haven't heard the pod with Alex uh bidding Serge farewell and the news comes down today that Marcus Gasol has chosen to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, obviously, the Raptors were in on Gasol as well, had interest in bringing Gasol back, but were also quite disciplined in what they wanted to offer him. The Lakers ultimately offered Gasol a second uh, season on his contract, two years, which honestly, when you're at the age of 35, the additional year is pretty important. And um, yeah, the Lakers got Marcus Gasol. And so... You know, honestly, from that perspective, I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Mark, um, especially A, if the Raptors weren't going to offer him like a, a clear-cut chance to compete, and if they weren't going to offer him huge money either, then it made sense to go at least get where he can get one of the two. And with the Lakers, obviously, they have a really strong chance of repeating next year. They've really reloaded their roster. Obviously, they already, already won the championship, but now they've brought in Dennis Schroeder. They've brought in Wes Matthews. they brought in... Um, you know, Montrez Harold. Now they brought in Mark. It, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, as with the Lakers, they usually get cheap guys, especially uh, if they are contending for championships. People will take discounts to go to LA. It is what it is. It's a fact of the NBA. It's been that way for like 40 years. Um, but for Gasol, he's 35 years old. He gets to complete his career, at least in the NBA, and he gets to go full circle. I mean, if, if you don't know, the Lakers actually drafted uh, Mark Gasol 48th overall in 2007. Mark never ever played in the Lakers, um, you know, purple and gold because he was in Barcelona and he was stashed away in Europe. And by the time he was ready to come to the NBA, the Lakers had already traded his rights to Memphis for his brother, Paul Gasol, who obviously went on to win two championships with the Lakers in 08 and uh, in, sorry, in 09 and in, in 2010. Um, so, Mark gets to complete his career, going full circle to the team that actually drafted him. And, you know, essentially, I'm not really sure if he's going to start. He may be starting, he may be not, but he probably won't play that much. Um, kind of replacing those uh, Dwight Howard minutes, probably using him to guard Nikola Jokic in the post, stuff like that. Uh, tricky matchups that they, you know, the Sixers somehow overcome their fraudulent ways and get to the finals, which I don't believe. But if they do, you know, you have Mark there as well. So um, it's a nice piece. And honestly, Mark was the guy who. Did a really damn good job guarding the Lakers this past year. Um, you know, both in, uh, well, I mean, this is like, feels like two years ago now, but uh, when the Raptors beat the Lakers in uh, November without Kyle, without uh, without Serge, Mark was really good in that one defensively. And then obviously inside the bubble in the restart, Mark was really, really important uh, defensively. And Mark is still very, very good defensively. 
And it's it's a bummer to see him go, man. Because again, it's anybody, everyone who was part of that championship run is family, and Mark is family. You know, if Serge was like your favorite uncle, Mark was like another one of your favorite uncles. I, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, uh, just a very lovable guy, though. Obviously, different personality than Serge, but uh, still, you know, a veteran, a winner, someone completely committed to winning. Um, and you don't, you can't forget that at the trade deadline last season, um, you know, the Raptors could have just stood pat. Um, you know, they were still quite good at the time. They were leading the league. Um, well, not one leading the league, but they were very, you know, top of the Eastern Conference, them and the Bucks. And they didn't necessarily need to make a move, but they decided to go for Gasol, who the Raptors had wanted for many, many, many years. I remember reading about the Raptors wanting Marc Gasol in like 2014. Um, and of course, everyone wanted Marc at the time. He was, you know, all-star and everything like that. But um, the Raptors were in on Marc Gasol. They traded for him at the trade deadline. I remember some people were freaking out over the Raptors missing on Nikola Mirotic. To be honest, I kind of wanted the Raptors to get some more shooting in the front court too. Mark came in, accomplished that, and of course brought the defense, brought the playmaking, became the glue of the team. And don't forget, Mark could have been traded to the Charlotte Hornets, and he had a player option. And he kind of forced his way to the Raptors by telling the Hornets, I will not pick up my player option if I come to Charlotte. And that influenced Mark being traded to Toronto for JV, for DeLon Wright, for CJ Miles. Uh, instead of going to Charlotte. And honestly, thank God he did because, A, for Mark, you don't want him to see him in Charlotte. Uh, and, B, you know, for Mark, he completed the, the – he was the final piece of that championship core for the Raptors, that final piece. He walks in. He's a starter for the team. And, I, I mean, you know, I remember being – it just so happens that I was in New York City uh, for Marc Gasol's debut against the New York Knicks that was on the road the game after the trade deadline. And, you know, Mark came off the bench that game and had not really known what the plays were and everything like that. But he just created so many chances for his teammates. I remember Norm being surprised that he was open so many times and getting the ball so many times. I guess he wasn't used to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, he made his win to starting lineup. And, again, defensively, he provided so much. I mean, in the first round, whatever, the Raptors are always going to beat the Magic. But Nikola Vucevic averaged 11 points per game on 36% shooting. Remember, he was an all-star with, like, 20 and 10. You know, Mark just really uh, put the glance to him and did the same thing again uh, this following season as well when the Raptors ever uh, played the, the Magic. Um, then, of course, the famous Embiid defense. Now, of course, it's a little bit of revisionist history. Embiid was also quite good in that series, more defensively than offensively. But, uh, you know, Mark's post-defense against Embiid was crucial because Embiid is such a big, big problem in the post. And, Mar- and Embiid for the series averaged 17 points per game, 37% shooting. Um, again, well below his averages. And you needed Mark for so much of that. You needed Mark to match up with Embiid's minutes. And honestly, you needed Mark just because the Raptors ended up having to go big with the two big lineup with uh, that Nick Nurse came up with midway through that series. They would play, you know, Serge and Mark together. And that's how they played a lot of the Game 7, uh, the very, very crucial Game 7 with the Raptors won 92-90 uh, with the Kawhi shot. You know, they needed... They needed um, that interior defense on market. And honestly, the, even the veteran smarts, the fact that they hadn't really played that lineup, you know, Nick experimented with it, you know, three or four times, but they haven't really gone to it. And then of course, when in the important moments, uh, Nick went to it, you know, Mark and Serge were able to work that two man game together. And, and it, you know, it won the Raptors a championship. It won that series. 
Um, I also remember, you know, after game two, I was like, man, Mark is, he looks so washed. You know, Brooke Lopez is out playing him and stuff. And Mark said after the game, you know, uh, obviously Kawhi had the money quote afterwards where someone asked him, what do you go from here? And he said to Toronto for game three. Um, but Mark had the quote of the game to me because he said he, he quote, took full responsibility end quote, after the Game 2 loss, and he completely turned it around. He was much better for the rest of the series. And honestly, for the rest of the playoffs, um, you know, thoroughly outplayed Brooke Lopez the rest of the way. Um, you know, was really, really instrumental in building the wall against Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then in the NBA Finals, Game 1, I remember he came out 20 points in Game 1. You know, the... the, the, the uh, the Warriors had played this really aggressive defense. They were really trapping the ball handlers uh, throughout the playoffs, and they did it really successfully against you know Houston. They did it against um, Portland in their sweep. So they came to Toronto. They did the same thing to the Raptors against Kawhi and to Kyle, and they needed the bigs to bounce out the scoring. And I wasn't sure he, they can do it, but Mark came out with twenty points, was fantastic. And of course, you know, um, <laughs> you know, he, he it's 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 really understated that the fact that he was this all time you know, future Hall of Famer, uh, multiple-time All-Star, Defensive Player of the Year, everything like that, comes to a new city, willingly just steps into that fifth, you know, fifth option role. I mean, he was just the fifth option and uh, never complained about his role, never complained about his minutes, anything like that. Just rolled with it, completely committed to winning. And I really enjoyed that the fifth option, uh, you know, was uh, was the first option at that parade. Um, obviously, that day was euphoric it was like a dream to see toronto the way it was um and i remember following that parade float from uh ovo center when they started um for like four hours and until i finally got to king and university which is only slightly better than uh, regular toronto traffic uh and you know I, i remember towards the three hour mark it felt like the parade was dying down just a little bit a lot of the guys were gassed they weren't really throwing you know um you know, as much paraphernalia over the top, you know, some of the people had probably gotten really drunk by that point. If you're drinking three days, three hours straight in the sun, in the full sun, uh, it's going to be tiring for you, except for Marcus Gasol stepped up towards that leg, you know, when the bus turned and, and onto York and, and, you know, was making his way through, Mark was going ham. And of course, we all remember that video of him chugging that entire bottle of rosé. Um, and, you know, nearly falling off the bus, if not for Eric Moreland uh, holding on for dear life and keeping Embiid anchored, or keeping um, keeping uh, Gasol anchored. Uh, you know, <laughs> Mark was phenomenal. He was the MVP. He was the number one option for that parade. You got so drunk that Danny Green had to tell him, yo, like, you can't go up in there and speak, man. Don't give him the mic. <laughs> and, of course, Mark was also, the idea that Mark was that drunk and sitting right next to the Prime Minister uh, is it, just really funny to me. But, um... Mark was, you know, Mark was a G and, you know, and then of course he led Spain to the gold medal the following year, the following like month, basically didn't really take time off, played the longest year of his career, goes straight to, you know, training camp in, I believe the States. And then of course in Europe, and then he went to um, China to play in the FIBA world cup in 2019. And he was great. I mean, he was first team, uh, all, you know, world cup. Uh, he had 33 points and an overtime win to beat Australia. I remember watching that and being amazed because he had to really come up with some, like, just stuff out of nowhere. Uh, there was a game we played against Jokic, completely shut him down, too. So, huge, huge, huge summer. You know, another parade. He chugs a beer this time. You know, probably still a little hungover. Um, 
And then, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, this year too, I mean, holding Embiid scoreless, you know, we got real hype about him slimming down. Remember all the pictures and everything like that? We thought he was going to turn into, like, Dirk Nowitzki with defense. Um, and then, of course, it ended with him, like, eating his jersey because he was so frustrated. Uh, but it, it was just, you know, a great, you know, just a great Raptor, really. Um, I, I know it's probably a little disappointing because of the way it ended, but he was a great Raptor. He, he was a indispensable piece of the championship, the final piece to complete the puzzle. Um, and just a great guy overall, man. I mean, for us in the media, a absolute pleasure to interview. So generous with this time. I remember during the, 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 the playoff run, obviously, there's so much media obligations. You know, everyone's, looks like hundreds of media from all over the world coming in to, to, to grab players and talk to players and stuff like that. And Mark was always so generous with his time. And, of course, he was struggling some of those times. And a lot of times, players struggle. They don't want to talk. But Mark was very, very, very good about it. And I, I love that quality about him. He's just a very, very nice man. You could tell that right off the bat. And honestly, one of the reasons why I respect Mark so much, it's nothing to do with his basketball career. It's the fact that, you know, two summers ago, he took time out of his summer um, and he faced the refugee crisis um, head on. Obviously, there's a huge, huge refugee crisis um, in the Mediterranean. Um, and Mark, you know, joined some of the rescue crews and went into the water and went in for there for days and, and you know, um, you know, rescued people who are trying to cross Mediterranean and you know, it's such a sad situation. Uh, and honestly, when you think about NBA players, you know, obviously they are very, very um, committed. They're very, very open about how much they want to use their platforms to advocate and spread awareness and, and influence change and march and everything like that. And Mark is exactly that same way. He's cut from that same cloth. That's a problem that, you know, uh, a lot of Mediterranean, you know, European countries are dealing with in terms of Spain, France, you know, um, Italy, uh, you know, obviously Greece, um, you know, a lot of it is not necessarily, uh, I mean, really, it's it's really handled in a non-humanitarian fashion at the moment. I feel like a lot of the policies are kind of backwards, but for Mark to go into that situation and, and, and take that on, I have immense respect for a man like that. I have so much respect. So thank you to Marcus all, um, a Raptor legend. I know I, I call everyone Raptor legend, but you know, Mark, Mark gave the Raptors a lot and, and, you know, uh, he's, He's a champion. He gave us so many memories, and I uh, just got to thank him. And honestly, I'm very happy to root for, for Mark going forward. I mean, wherever he goes, man, whether you know it's in L.A. for this year, whether it's in Barcelona after that, who knows. But always going to be rooting for Mark. He's, a, he's an absolute gentleman, and I'm very, very thrilled to have had him on the Raptors. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, 
in terms of who the Raptors replaced Mark with, they essentially got themselves um, a diet version of Marc Gasol in Aaron Baines, who they signed from the Phoenix Suns on a two-year, $14 million contract. The second year of that contract is a team option. And um, for the Raptors, I think what they're looking at right here is they wanted to keep the style of offense and defense relatively the same. And Baines replacing Mark does kind of keep that part at least the same. Because if you look at Baines's, um, you know, stat line from last year, actually, weirdly enough, the 33-year-old had a career year last season with the Suns. I watched it. He got off to a really good start. You know, DeAndre Aiden had tested positive for PEDs and missed 25 games. So Baines had to come in and start. And he was good. And, and you know, he battled injuries and kind of tailed off. But uh, 11.5 points per game last year, 5.6 rebounds, 1.6 assists, all career highs. He shot 48% from the field, 53, 50, 35% from three on four attempts per game. Um, now, he did have some injuries last year. He battled calf and hip injuries, which kind of knocked him out twice in the season. And then, of course, a shutdown happened, and then he had COVID. So, you know, he only ended up playing 42 out of 72 games. And, of course, the Suns, you know, famously uh, battled and went 8-0 in the, in, in the bubble. But, um, but yeah, Baines is, Baines is a nice player. You know, he profiles. Uh, his style of play is very similar to Mark. I wouldn't say he's as good as Mark. Um, but then again, I didn't, I didn't think Mark was nearly at his best last year. And if you, if you told me who was better last year, Baines or Mark Gasol, I would actually have a hard time answering that just a little bit just because, you know, Baines is having such a nice year and Mark was so off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at offensively, 50% of Baines' shots were catch-and-shoot threes. He shot them at 35%. A lot of those were top of the floor, although he hit some corner threes as well. But a guy who can space the floor. The weird thing is, over the first five years of his career in the NBA, he only made one three. And I'm assuming that was some sort of heave. Um, But, you know, in his last year in Boston and uh, this past year in in Phoenix, he really, really worked in that three-point shot. And honestly, I mean, he had a go on YouTube and search uh, Aaron Baines' nine threes because... He had a 37.93 game against the uh, Portland Trailblazers in a win this past year. I remember watching uh, the start of that game. He was, he was, I think he hit five of five from three in the first quarter. Uh, So he can, he can shoot the three. It's, it's a little bit of a goofy release, to be honest. He kind of leans forward, um, looks a little bit strange, but, you know, he hits them. Uh, And then the rest of his offense is kind of just like, um, you know, rolling to the rim occasionally. You know, when he gets deep post position, he he goes up for baby hooks with either hand. Doesn't really elevate much, although he can dunk, um, which is nice. Felt like a, you know a, a real surprise, a genuine surprise every time Mark dunked last year. Um, you know, he's not the greatest finisher around the rim. I'd say he's average. So he's sixty five percent in the restricted area last season. Uh, historically, he's at fifty nine percent. You know, again, a guy who doesn't elevate that much around the basket. Um, is is always going to have a little bit of a trouble um, with with the finishing. Um, his touches, it's fine. It's it's not exceptional. It's fine. Um, you know, used a lot in, as a, as a pick and pop guy. Um, can shoot a little bit on the move too, but I don't know how much the Raptors will need him to. But basically, if you envision the way he's going to play, it's going to be similar to the Mark role. Maybe a version of Mark where he actually takes more of the shots that Mark was turning down. Doesn't really pass it as well as Mark, although he can occasionally pick up some passes. I've seen some nice ones, but definitely not on Mark Gasol's level. Um, and then the other nice thing that Mark uh, that, that Baines brings offensively is his screening. So A, is just a really solid dude. Like 6'10", 265 pounds, uh, really, really cut. 
Um, and then just sets these bone crunching screens. A lot of them are moving screens. I don't care. Um, it, it, I care when they're, I'm watching a moving screen against the Raptors. When they're for the Raptors, I'm all for it. Uh, I don't care. That makes me a hypocrite. I don't care. I actually really enjoy moving screens because it creates a lot of space for your guards. And that's largely what Baines is trying to do. He's been at his best in his career when he's been playing with players who can create from the perimeter. Um, you know, when you look at the way he played with Devin Booker last year, when you look at the way he played with the Celtics the, the year before that, and, you know, with Isaiah Thomas even going back a few years, um, I think, was he on the team? I'm not really sure. But, I mean, you know, the Celtics always had some perimeter guys. Um, so, you know, th- you know, three ass- uh, screen assists per game last year, you know, it was pretty solid. You, you know, one thing he loves to do is he loves to set the screen, roll hard into the paint, and then seal his, his man so that there's no contest and he creates a lane going to the basket. Raptors are going to really need that because, um, you know, uh, they have a lot of small guards who need help uh, finishing on the rim, and you need good screens to help you do that. Um, so offensively, you know, Baines is serviceable. I wouldn't say he's exceptional, but I would say he's average. Uh, and then defensively, I would say he's not exceptional either, but above average on defense. You know, he's more, mostly a positional defender. Doesn't really create a lot of turnovers or sort of um, blocks or steals. You know, he's kind of under one a game for those. But when you watch him play, you can clearly tell he knows how to play defense. Positionally, he's sound. Again, he's strong as hell. So he's a wall in the paint, especially in the post. You know, he only allowed... 0.73 points per play in the post last year, which is great. That's Marcus Gasol level. Um, he does not. He's a little bit smaller. Obviously, he's like six. He's six ten, maybe closer to six nine than six ten. But he's you no. Know, he's not seven feet tall. But at the same time, got long arms and again strong as hell. Uh, he also loves to draw charges. You know, he was eighth in total charges drawn last year. Obviously, Kyle Lowry was first. So um, expect a lot of charges being drawn. I guess. Um, and then in terms of rebounding, he's actually not a prolific defensive rebounder. Um, he's but he works really hard. So he's actually a career twenty one percent defensive rebounder in terms of defensive rebounding percentage. Um, he does box out a lot, which is good, which is really good. It's almost like that Brook Lopez thing where Brook doesn't necessarily grab the rebound that much, but he's always boxing out. So Baines is Baines is solid. Honestly, Brook Lopez is not a terrible comparison for him. Uh, Brook has a little bit more offensive skill in the post. Um, and sort of that brute strength, and he's a, he's a little bit longer, but kind of the same deal, you know, shooting the threes, looking a little goofy, um, you know, three and D center. It's it's a it's a new position in the NBA, so I, I don't mind. I think honestly, you know, given the options that were out there, he's probably the best free agent center out there. Um, and the Raptors, in terms of how he fits the Raptors, it keeps the Raptors playing the same style. You know, defensively, he can act the same way as Mark does, take on more of the low post assignments. And then uh, offensively, shoot the three, keep the ball moving, you know, get out the way, create, set some screens. You know, it's it's not quite Marcus Saul, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Baines outperforms what Mark did last year. Actually, I would expect him to outperform what Mark did last year, to be honest. Um, the Raptors also made a corresponding move to re-sign uh, Chris Boucher to a two-year deal. Boucher's deal is uh, similar to uh, Baines's deal, so two mil- uh, two years, thirteen million. The second year of Boucher's contract is uh, non guaranteed. This is reporting from Blake Murphy of the Athletic. Um, obviously, we know who Boucher is. Um, you know, we know he has flashes the upside. Obviously, that thirty point comeback, Boucher was phenomenal. He blocked three threes uh, <laughs> in that in that comeback stretch, in addition to the game winning dunk from Kyle Lowry. 
Um, you know, obviously Boucher had some other great moments. I remember a game in Phoenix, he came in and kind of changed the game around, a game in Charlotte, stuff like that. So we know Boucher has that ability, right? But the thing is, is consistency. Can he really bring that kind of um, overwhelming energy and athleticism every single night? Um, I think he's probably still coming off the bench. I think, you know, Baines is more solid and will start, but Boucher is going to have a consistent role. And this is going to be the first time in his career he has that in the NBA level. Um, you know, uh, you know, in previous years, you know, uh, what he went on draft in 2017, uh, would have been a, honestly, probably would have been a lottery pick if, uh, he didn't get hurt. Um, you know, he tore his ACL, I believe in college and then, you know, goes undrafted. The Warriors had him for a year. Then the Raptors signed him. Then, you know, he won defensive player of the year and G league player of the year MVP in the same season in 2019. And then this past year, you know, he actually came in and, and really delivered some moments, so I think Boucher is going to need to have that consistency because that was one of the issues where, you know, sometimes when he even when he did have the third string uh, center responsibilities, well, you know, Serge missed uh, about a month last season. Mark missed, you know, two and a half months last season. So Boucher was the backup center for a lot of it. And for some of it, you know, he was good. But also for some of it, he, you know, Nick decided to go a different way. I mean, Rondé will play some, you know, small ball center. You know, OG will play some small ball center. Some of that is bad matchups and some of that. But it's also on Boucher to, look, if you're, if you're going to be a rotation player, you need to be consistent night in, night out, night in, night out. And the consistency needs to be improved on that front. He's 27. This is a great opportunity for him to do that. Because if he can show what he, do, what he can do this year, uh, that can really set him up for another contract. And obviously this is the first year he's, he's earning real NBA money. Before that, it was on, you know, um, league minimums and stuff like that, two ways, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he has a real shot. He's getting seven mil this year. He's getting some real playing time. I really want to see what he can do with it because we, we all see the talent and ability that he has is just doing it consistently every night, not, you know, jumping for a, every single pump fake. Um, you know, holding your position better in the post, holding your position better on the defensive glass. Although he's a pretty good defensive rebounder. We're going to get on him for that. Um, and then, you know, hopefully that three, that little trebuchet three, hopefully that thing gets sped up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it, he's he's got his chance now. And honestly, when you consider his path to where he's gone today, you know, it, it, it's just a phenomenal story. The fact that, you know, he had such, um, he had such a rough childhood, um, you know, if you watch some of these documentaries that Vice and other places have done with Chris, um, you know, I've watched a lot of them. And, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that obviously, you know, grew up in Montreal, but um, grew up in some of the poorer parts, you know, um, a similar immigrant family story to that uh, I think a lot of people can relate with. And, you know, I mean, at one point he was homeless. He had to crash for in his friend's houses. You know, he was washing dishes at a chicken shop like um, to go from that to uh, where he is now, I mean, it's been a weird, you know, journey. He's had injuries. You know, he's, you know, is, you know, the, the fact that he was even scouted in the first place is all quite inspirational. To be honest, quite amazing considering um, where he was playing at. But you know, he's developed to the point now where he's got his real NBA career. So um, really happy for the guy. I, I know people make jokes and stuff like that, whatever. But like, I'm genuinely rooting for Chris, man. I mean, his story is phenomenal, and I really want to see him succeed. Uh, and now the Raptors really need him to succeed, so, you know, whatever. 
I would say on the whole, obviously losing Serge and Mark and only bringing in Aaron Baines and re-signing Boucher, that is a downgrade at the center position. It's really just a matter of how much is it a downgrade. I think it depends on how healthy Baines can be and uh, how consistent Boucher can be. But I could potentially see a not being that big of a dent in their team necessarily. I know that sounds you know pretty wild because... Uh, you know, Mark and Serge are pretty accomplished players, but I, I you know, I look. The, let's be real. The strength of the Raptors is in their wing players, their guard players, um, and the center spot is just something that you know is less of a need relatively to the other things. So, um, I think if you zoom out to the bigger picture, um, you know, the Raptors really bit the bullet here because they made some tough calls on Mark and Serge uh, and letting them go essentially. And I say letting them go because the Raptors. You know, as it turns out, didn't offer more than a one-year, twelve million-dollar contract for Surge. Which, if you were Surge, that'd be hard to take. Um, you know, you, you look at what Surge has done for the Raptors. Um, won a championship, been professional about coming off the bench, been productive, been a great teammate, everything like that, been productive, and he was making twenty-three. Now, of course, his con- his contract's going to come down, but you're essentially taking him to take half the money and no term whatsoever, no long-term money. That's that's just not going to get it done. And really, for a $3 million difference to play in L.A. and maybe contend whatever he wants to do in L.A., I could see that. But even just straight up, like, performance-wise, it would be hard for Serge to accept half a salary because, what, he had a really great year? That doesn't really make sense. So, you know, there. And then, of course, the Raptors then turned to Mark. And, of course, there's a priority here, right? The, The Raptors clearly went to Fred first. Then they went to Serge, and then they went to Mark. So by the time you got to Mark, you're like, all right, two other, two other guys you value more than me. And I don't think the Raptors offered him any long-term money either. I think the, what the Lakers did was offer him the second year, and that kind of did it for Mark. So um, what that should tell you is that, A, the Raptors are very, 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 very clear on what they want to do for 2021. Now, it's not a guarantee for anything, and I have to absolutely stress the Raptors have not had a great history in signing uh, free agents. Not re-signing free agents. Re-signing, they're generally good, but... Signing free agents, they have not had a huge history of it outside of Hito Turkoglu and, I don't know, Damari Carroll. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Raptors clearly are making difficult decisions for 2021. They could have easily compromised that to keep Surge, to keep Mark. They could have. You know that they were happy. The Raptors offered them. They could have They could have offered them more money. Uh, let's say they offered Surge $12 million per year over uh, f- for two years. Uh, then Serge probably would have stayed, to be honest. But um, and same probably deal with Mark. But the Raptors have identified that 2021 thing, and they are ambitious. Now I don't know if they will succeed with it, but they are ambitious, and they are clear in their intent about it. Because what they did here was they signed uh, Baines. He's got a player. He's got a team option for the second year at you know uh, what seven million, right? So what they're going to do with that is essentially. The Raptors can either A, have them opt in and use it as a trade chip in some sort of sign-in trade. We're seeing now how much sign-in trades are very popular now. Or they can let them go and create that cap room. And, and then you look at Boucher, his second year is unguaranteed. So that's a, that's already an asset right there because teams might be looking to take on Boucher and then cut him for the 7 mil. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully Boucher has a very successful career. I'm just saying it's possible, right? So... um they are clearly keeping their flexibility financially for 2021. And in order to do so, they had to say some difficult goodbyes. And it sucks because the last, we haven't even seen Mark and Surge in forever. Mark was hurt. I mean, the last time I saw Mark play like in person was January. So it, it sucks. And of course, same thing for Surge because of the COVID and everything like that. But um, the Raptors are looking at 2021. They are looking at it. This is the most tangible thing that they have done towards that. 
And then I think the other the other part is just you know the Raptors are kind of changing the strategy a little bit because um, they are <laughs> there's a pretty big difference because they went from spending last season they spent fifty million dollars per year on the center position between Mark earning what twenty six Serge earning twenty three and then uh, you know one mil for Boucher and now they're making they're spending fourteen million at center so they went from fifty to fifteen million at the center spot all right so I think that reflects a just how the market is for centers. B, how the game is going. It makes more sense to allocate more of your money towards the wing and the guard positions because they're way more important than the modern NBA. Um, and I think it's just a change in strategy. But at the same time, that's not to be confused with you don't need a great big to win because you just saw AD win. You just saw Draymond as... I, mean, I consider Draymond a great big even though his offense is not great necessarily. We saw Bam be very successful. You you do need bigs to win. We saw Mark and Surge. I mean, those guys... The fact that the Raptors had Mark and Surge and the Warriors had... You know, uh, you know, half of half a need to Marcus Cousins and Kavon Looney, who got his you know, rib cage broken because Kawhi Leonard dro- drove into him. Um, yeah, centers and bigs do matter, and having great centers and bigs do matter. You will pay for great bigs, but for the most part, you can get by. And this is not a unique strategy to the Raptors. A lot of teams have chosen to shift their money away from centers. Look at the Celtics, for example. They just signed Tristan Thompson for you know the mid level and. That's it. They're probably spending even less on center than the Raptors are. So, you know, this is sort of a shift, but um, it makes sense. And, again, in the modern NBA, you know, this is just what it is for bigs. It went from bigs were always overpaid. You know, Yama Himni getting, you know, 16. Timofey Mazzo getting 16. Bismarck Biyama getting 18 to what it is now, which is, you know, Aaron Baines <laughs> getting seven. Um, and I think the other side is just, look, the Raptors team strategy is still the same. Building strategy is still the same. You secure the core pieces, the young pieces. Uh, you keep a core that is flexible, that's that has proven to be productive, that can get you to the playoffs. And then you are waiting for the moment where you have enough assets or you have enough cap room, whatever, that a star can join the team and then complete it, right? And I think that's always been sort of the strategy the Raptors have been running with. And I don't see anything that has changed based on the, the free agency moves today. So... Um, that's where the Raptors stand. The Raptors have 14 roster spots, so I don't think there's going to be too many more major moves to the uh, to the roster. So, um, yeah, Mark leaves. It's it sucks. Serge leaves. It sucks. Those guys are family. Uh, the Raptors bring in Aaron Baines. He is not family, but maybe he can become family. I don't really know. Uh, and the Raptors uh, rewarded Chris Boucher, which is a, a great story. So um, that's where the Raptors stand through the the weekend and um yeah looking forward to what happens in the following uh weeks obviously you know there's still other things to do with this offseason so other couple other decisions to be made and um yeah so i'm looking forward to to doing that and of course i gotta i'm gonna dive a little bit more into the rookies because obviously i talked about who malachi flynn and jalen harris were based on my research and watching a little bit of film but i'm gonna bring on some draft experts to really dive into their game and get you a sense of what to expect from those two so Thanks, everyone, for listening, Um, and uh, yeah, welcome to the Aaron Baines era. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.